Hi, you are listening to episode 31 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Preeti Chipper. And I'm Swapna Krishna, and we are recording on Sunday, January 20th. <laughs> We're back! We're back! Oh my god, we I have missed I have missed recording so much because like it really is like just getting a chance to because like you and I usually well we FaceTimed a couple of times in the last couple of months, mm-hmm. but we usually um most of our interaction is through Gchat and texting, and so it's like it's really fun, like, once a month to be able to, like, get together and, like, see each other's faces yes. and, like, squee over things we love. And so, like, we haven't been doing that, obviously. I know. So I've missed it so much. We actually were like, what do we want to talk about? There's so much. And then we had to go back and, like, look at every time we were like, let's talk about this on these Geek Girls for the last few months. I know. And we're I'm sure we're missing a ton of stuff. So if there's, like, something we said that we would talk about and we don't get to it this episode, like, feel free to... Like, like, send us a tw- like tweet or email us and tell us like, yeah, hey, like, you said we're on top of this, and we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll try and get to it in the next episode because we are back monthly now. Yes, it's because, super exciting. The past few months, we both had really big like personal and professional and all kinds of stuff. So you don't, they don't know yours. So you go first. Well, uh, if you follow us on Twitter, yeah, you know, if you follow but... if you follow me on Twitter, you do know. Um, I quit my full time job and moved down south in order to write full-time because I want to write a book and that's really hard to do when you work full-time in New York City. There are people who can do it, but I'm not one of those people. <laughs> like... Yay! I'm so, so excited. I'm so excited. Ah, it's it's nerve-wracking and exciting. I just, I made the move like about a week ago, basically. So I've been home for a week and it has been weird and a huge culture change and also super relaxing. There is something really nice about not having not having to think about where your next meal comes from. Yes. And, and like not, it's just like that's such a small it feels it seems like such a small luxury, but it's like just not having to think about it. Yeah, it's a huge I am in this um incredible position of privilege to be able to do this, but I've also been working and saving for eleven years, which is a reason I was able to do this, you know. Right. And and exactly. like uh I'm looking yeah. forward to the year. I'm I'm here for a year and I'm looking forward to like taking a break from like the nine to five grind and like getting time to write in a way that I haven't had time to write. Yes. I have been giving Preeti many, many freelancing tips. Yes. Basically every time I don't know how to do anything, I'm like, Sabna, help. (laughs) I'm like, because I've, I've been doing it, I don't even know, for years and years. And it's, it's hard. Like it is because when you can just sit on your couch and watch TV instead of working, it's really hard to get yourself to work. I know. I'm like, motivate. So, Don't yeah, it get is. distracted. Um, and then I have, as you all know, the reason we took a break is because I had a baby. Yay! And he is lovely and precious and adorable and all over my Instagram feed. I don't put as many pictures of him on Twitter because I feel like people on Twitter follow me for different reasons. And I don't, I don't know. Twitter's also, I feel like, a lot bigger. And my Instagram feed is a little smaller. And so, anyway, there's a lot more pictures of him on Instagram. He's but he's a cutie. Yeah, he has, he has giant cheeks. Like, I mean, I just, I don't even know. Like, I want to, whenever, or like, I'm like, what, what should I eat for lunch? I'm like, maybe I should eat his cheeks. Because <laughs> they're so good. You love him so, so much, you'll eat yes, him Yes, I know. He's very cute, very sweet. So he's, um, God, he's 11 weeks old. Oh. And he, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's gotten easier. It was real, the first, like, six weeks were 
brutal. And then it's gotten progressively easier since then. Last time was hard because he was up a few times. Um, but yeah, it's it's been fun. So I still have got a few more weeks of maternity leave left. Um, but he's but so we're we're adjusting and it's it's new and it's different and so it's a lot like it's it's a lot like it uh, I it's like <laughs> there's so I'm like trying to I love it you're like it's it's a lot it's it's it a is. lot like I mean I, I love him so much and it's so he's the sweetest and like he's a very easy baby too and he's so sweet and cute but like it it's something you can I've I've I read so many books and I knew I knew it was something you couldn't prepare for like I couldn't prepare for and in some ways it is something you can prepare for because you can read about how to handle certain situations and what to do and that made it a lot easier and helped because I'm generally a very anxious person so that helped a lot in terms of like okay if he does this I can try these I have these like concrete things I can do um so in that respect like yeah that was helpful but it's just kind of like it upends your whole world in a way that almost nothing else does yeah, like in terms of just like, like a prepared person. Yes. And so knowing that like I could only prepare for about like 5% of what was going to happen mm-hmm. because you just every baby is different and you can get all the advice you want, and read all the books you want, but every baby is different. Um so yeah, that was um but yeah, no, it's been it's actually been a lot of fun. I'm definitely ready to like go back to work and kind of get back into kind of a normal routine. But uh, it's been a lot of fun, which I honestly that part I didn't expect. I thought it would just be because I've heard so much about how the first two months are so hard. And I didn't expect to like enjoy myself, like enjoy spending this time. Um, I thought it would be kind of a drag, but it's not. I really, <laughs> turns out out. I really enjoy my kid. <laughs> He's which pretty cool. terrible when I say it out loud. <laughs> But, like, but that's real. I'm not good with change, and, like, <laughs> you just don't know. And, like, no, I really enjoy him. He's a lot of fun, and he's so cute. So, anyway, yes, I'm probably – everyone's probably thinking, like, oh, my God, you're a terrible mother. But no, no, I will – I'm just going to say to definitely check out Sopna's Instagram because one of the best things about this baby is how sometimes he just looks really perplexed. Yeah, he does. <laughs> it's it's yeah, a he good – it's a he, he's got a good face for, for pictures. He does. Like, and sometimes he'll just, sometimes he'll be just, per, like, he just, like, he's like, look at you. He's like, what are you doing? Who he's are like, you? How dare you? Why are you? Like, why are you? Like, it's just, <laughs> and you're like, what are you thinking? Like, yeah, he's a lot of fun. I, my phone is like full of pictures because like, what else am I going to do all day? Like, <laughs> just take pictures of him. Um, okay, so um, we'll start with, I guess, Marvel stuff. Yeah, because we, we missed a lot, right? Like, we were, yeah. so we, we've been on hiatus since basically October 1st ish. Yeah. Uh, so that's about three months ish of immense amount of content from Marvel, which is not surprising. <laughs> There's there, obviously, like, not to put Marvel versus DC, but DC stuff happened in there too, but we're not huge DC I didn't see people. Aquaman I'd really I would like to see Aquaman but I did not I, know, um, I, I didn't liked Jason I was yeah. moving and uh, but I really want to see yeah. it because I heard it is a great time which is not surprising yeah well I'm, well I'm sure once it like comes out we'll both like watch it and then talk about it yeah we'll look forward to that when Aquaman is available for renting slash yes. streaming uh but for Marvel so there was a new Captain Marvel trailer 
from mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, I think, the Avengers Endgame trailer and the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, which came out this yes. week. Yes. So starting with, I guess we'll do it in order of release, Captain Marvel, the full trailer. Uh, we don't have to break down every trailer, I don't think, but even just talking about the entirety of this Marvel year is bananas. Yeah, that's a lot, and it's it's a, a lot in a good way. Um, I did like the second crappy Marvel trailer better than the first one. Yeah. Not that I didn't like the first one, but I think the first one was much more focused on here's this new female superhero and kind of just focusing on, yes, it's a finally a lady superhero, kind of, and it didn't really It tell only took us 11 story. years. Yeah, like, it didn't tell us much about the story. Like, it was mm-hmm. just hard to get a sense of what the movie was going to be like from that first trailer. But from the second one, I feel like we got a lot more. Yeah, I agree. And you can, we still don't know, obviously, how she's tying into the events of Infinity War, which she yeah. clearly does based on the end tag of that movie. But we're going to get to see her, you know, the the line in the trailer is like, it all starts with her or, or yeah. something like that, right? And so clearly something that happens in this movie leads to the Marvel Universe as we know it. Whatever. I I hope it doesn't lead to any sort of intense amount of retconning or anything like that. Because I I get a little frustrated with that level where I'm like, you didn't plan for this and it's annoying. And I don't like that you've impacted my viewing of movies that came out a decade ago. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But... That's actually not true that I don't like it because I'm okay with it with Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in this case, it has I think to be I'm done. irritated. Yeah, sometimes it has to be done. In a way, it's almost, it's more forgivable for Star Wars because it's come over such a long period of time. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, like it's, it's, it's different generations evolving the narrative, whereas Marvel is so planned. Yeah, very it true. It feels like it's so planned out and, every, like, you know, for, like, feels like it should be more planned yeah whether it is or not we'll see right that's very comic booky to like go back yeah. and re to retcon things that happened decades earlier or whatever which yeah it's fine but i'm i'm looking forward to see how she does impact the current universe because it has been 11 years since we've not had a female-led superhero movie in a way that will impact a huge narrative right so endgame i Based on the teaser we got, I genuinely do not know. I mean, it's some sort of time travel. It's got to yeah, be. Like, I mean, to. in my head, it has to be some sort of time travel um, that they're going to try and undo it. But I, what what that time travel means and what will mean for the Marvel Universe when we're all done. like Right. Because you kind of assume that all the original Avengers are done after... I mean, I kind of assume, I'm not sure if everybody else assumes that, but I assume that, like, that a core group of Avengers mm-hmm. are kind of done after this movie. Which, I mean, they could all just retire. Yeah, that's quite possible. Um, now, somebody's you know. going to die. I know. I mean, Cap's, uh, we're all pretty sure Cap's going to die. Yeah, we're pretty and sure Cap's going to die. He's like, no, we're going to do old man Cap. Even though I want it so badly. <laughs> Um, I, I just kind of assume they're all, so it's like, I don't know, I don't understand, like, they're past, we know they're gonna pass the torch on to this new, mm-hmm. like, the Endgame teaser did really, like, get to me, though, especially the Tony stuff, who I don't normally li- like Tony all that much, and I, like, the, like, you know, him talking to Pepper through the helmet, and the, oh, like, that was hard. It's hard, and when he says, you know, part of the journey is the end, he's, yeah. he's not wrong, like, ha- these yeah. movies... They can't go on forever. They yeah, literally these guys cannot. can't. These guys like like poor 
uh, like Chris Evans has like not probably had a cheeseburger in how long. <laughs> Poor like, guy. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> like maybe he just really wants some Taco Bell. Yeah. Like Chris seriously. Evans, give us a call. We will take you out for a Taco Bell. We'll take Bell. you to Taco Bell. Yeah, we will. Um, <laughs> no, it is so true. And like, and, like, I don't know. That trailer was just really well done. Or I guess it was a teaser more than a trailer. But it was really well done. Um, like, the Hawkeye. Like, the like I know I don't like... I'm, I'm, I'm fine with Hawkeye. I love him in the comics. Don't really love him in the movies. Mostly because I don't like Jeremy Renner. And because he's, like, a whatever character in the movie. Yeah. Like, it was, like, um, too little but too like, late for his development. But that scene when he turns oh, yeah. around and the devastation on his face. Like, it looks... It, it just this movie's gonna be hard, and then like of course like Ant Man coming in at the end, and that's like hilarious, but also like kind of how desperate Cap is at that moment where he's like, wait, that we have one more, before? yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like there's a this movie's gonna be really good. I mean, like it's, I'm it's really excited. It's gonna be intense. I have to say, like I've never identified with Captain America more than when he says like. When he's like, it's going to work out because I don't know yeah. what I'm going to do if it doesn't. Because that's basically how I live my life. It's yep. like, everything's going to work out because it has to. Yeah. It's like there are no options if it doesn't work out, you know. Um, yeah. I, I'm excited and a little scared to see how it goes. Yeah, I am nervous. Um, there's a lot of really great, like, they're leaving the Marvel Universe in great hands with, like, Peter Parker, Black Panther, Captain Marvel. Doctor Strange. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although I do like him a lot better after the first event, like I, the, uh, Infinity the, War. Uh, yeah, Infinity War. But like, there's some really good characters to carry the torch, but they're not like I have an emotional connection to those original characters, mm-hmm. and so I'm just really nervous about what's going to happen. Yeah, and it's with something like this that is literally a decade in the making. Like, how do you end it in a way that will be pleasing to everyone? Like, I think this yeah. is going to be similar to walking out of the last jedi when you're like this is going to be a divisive movie like people you know there's no way to make everyone happy but Mm -hmm. i hope that they manage to tell the best story that they can despite yeah audience expectations i agree like because with the last jedi like i still have trouble with that movie um i've only watched it once Mm -hmm. since the theater and I don't think I'm going to watch it many times just because it's hard for me. Everyone knows our favorite character is Luke and it's just hard to watch. It's just, it's a hard movie for me. There's not, it, it's hard. I mean, yeah. I don't think I need to explain why. Um, and personally, it's not a movie for me, um, but I think it's the right decision for the franchise. Mm-hmm. If that, you know, like, I think... It's a very mature way of looking at it. Yeah, like, I think it's... I I do like the movie. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, I hate the movie. I think it was a terrible... I think it was an incredibly well-done movie. I think it's an incredibly thoughtful movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it it really uh, sets up the franchise for, like, something new and something different. And, like, breaking out of the Skywalker saga, which I think the franchise so needs. That being said, I love the Skywalker saga. Like, that's my jam. (laughs) So it's like... I recognize the franchise needs this, but, like, personally, like, I, like, it's hard. Like, it's, it's just a hard movie. And yeah. so, like, I think this will be similar, and I think this will be, hopefully, it's more for me than The Last Jedi was. But if it's not, like, I'll still love these movies, and I'll still go to all these movies, and I'll still see it, and that's all fine. So what's interesting is that, you know, despite the fact that these movies haven't come out and that they... 
the ramifications on the MCU in general isn't known, they dropped the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer this yes, week. Yes, which a lot of people were pissed about. Well, and I'm like, I'm like, did you really? You knew we already knew that there right. was a green a single green light. Like, I don't understand. Do you think they were going to do a Spider-Man movie? It's like Marvel without Peter Tom Marvel, Holland, right? Like. like I'm just confused as to what people thought. The expectations are so interesting because I get it. It's it, Marvel's in a tough place with the decisions they made in terms of movie release and when movies are optimally released. Like, they're not going to yeah. wait until November, like, you know, six months after Endgame to release a new Spider-Man movie. They're going to yeah. do it with, similar in time with Homecoming, which was over the summer. You know, it's the time to do it. It's the most ideal times when kids have time to go see the movies, like, whatever. They can't not promote it. They have to give yeah. us something. And I think they gave us as much as they could in that trailer, other than knowing that Spider-Man lives, which, no, duh, like, yeah. it's comics. That's what comics do, is faux deaths and and all of these things, because, like, the impact isn't necessarily in the death of a character. It's in yeah. the ramifications of the experiences those characters go through. Yeah. Like. And do we know from that trailer, like, remind me that it's set after. We don't. Like, we don't know that it's, the trailer doesn't tell us necessarily that it's set after Infinity War. Yeah, we have no idea. We don't, we're we're assuming because, you know, but Captain Marvel is set, like, Mm -hmm. in the 90s. Like, we don't, and I'm not, and that's not necessarily even a defense because I don't, but we, people are also just making assumptions. Yeah, they're making huge assumptions because there's nothing in that trailer that tells us anything other than that this movie is set after the events of Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Because we know that Marvel movies aren't released in linear timeline order. Yeah. Like, if you go through, and there are lists on the internet that you can find that tell you what the linear order is, like, if you're watching it from the Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline, like, what order to watch these films in, but it's not in release order. Right, because, like, you know, Captain America the First Avenger came out after Iron Man 1. Right. Like... So, that's where you have to, like, remember that even though they released this trailer, we genuinely don't know where, like, when this movie takes place in the whole timeline. Yeah. So, that all being said, the trailer seems like a lot of fun. It is! It looks so fun, and, like, I am, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. And yeah, I'm oh my god. So was, excited. I did not expect that. I did not expect that. <laughs> like, when I found out he was cast as Mysterio, Mysterio is Like I didn't even I didn't even know he was gonna be in this movie. So I was like, I pause I'm like, is that is that is that what is he wearing? What? Why is that James Like What a way so to cute. learn. Yeah. I was like <laughs> You guys can't, you all can't see the uh, look on my face right now, but it's a very, it's basically the look that my baby wears a lot. Yeah, like, what? Um, (laughs) No, I, I, when I found out he was getting cast as Mysterio, like, Mysterio is not my favorite Spider-Man villain. I think he's silly, and he just, he's just not my favorite, because I also, I don't like stories where the perception is, is skewed, where, like, you don't know what's real or whatever, and that's his jam. It doesn't, I can't tell from the trailer what kind of character Mysterio is going to be, but I do. He's got some, he's got quite the costume. He's got the costume, the fishbowl head is there, but Jake Gyllenhaal still looks amazing. His bangs are back, I'm into it. (laughs) It's so good. He's such a, like, a weird, funny dude, it seems like, Jake Gyllenhaal, so, like, I'm surprised it's taken them this long to find a way to include him in the Marvel Universe. 
considering he was in a movie called Nightcrawler that is not associated with Marvel. Um, I'm, I think he's going to be really fun. And it was so nice to see, like, Ned again and MJ. Like, I love Zendaya. Yeah, there's a little bit of romance. Yeah. I mean, Uh, the best, the best line in that trailer is like, when he's like, you look pretty. And he's like, and therefore I have value. Yes. Yes. Give me more. Um, and Aunt May. Oh, yeah. Aunt May and, and Happy. It looks like there's something yeah. happening there. Yeah. Who knows? Um, they, I, I like that they have Aunt May, like, being supportive of Peter mm-hmm. being Spider-Man. Like, you know, like, it's not like, I don't know. It's just, it's a nice change from, like, a lot of the, you know, to the superhero type stories. Um. Yeah. No, it looks really good. I'm excited. I'm, I'm so excited. excited. July fifth is so far away. Yes. Oh. And then you saw Into the Spider Verse. I did not see it. Oh, we won't spend a lot of time on it because I know it's been a while since it came out. But Into the Spider Verse is like one of the best superhero movies. Period. It's the animation is out of this world. The story is so good. I love what they did with Miles' story and still, so Miles Morales is, uh, I mean, he's Miles Morales. He's such a great character, but the potential of the character has sort of been stymied in the comics because I'm not sure that the creator ever had a vision for Miles outside of a kid of color being Spider-Man. So he's like, he's very similar to Peter. He's very similar in so many respects. And it it wasn't until now in like the last like two years or so that he's started, two, three years, that he started to grow into like his own character. You know, whether it's like Jason Reynolds' Miles Morales book or now Into the Spider-Verse where you get to see a unique kid whose, you know, background impacts who he is be Spider-Man and what that means for him. And it was so good. I need to see it like 15 more times. I love You it said so it's your favorite Spider-Man movie. It's my favorite Spider-Man movie. Sorry, right? Tom Holland. It is. I love Tom like Tom Holland is disappointed in He is creepy. disappointed. It's okay. He'll he'll be fine with his like stacks of money. Um yeah, But it gave us like Honestly, we all know my favorite Peter Parker is, like, doesn't have a shit together Peter Parker. This is the epitome of millennial Peter Parker in this movie. He is, like, in his 30s, like, really, like, doesn't have a job, like, can't pay his rent, does not have his shit together in any sense of the word. Like, it is the most millennial energy Peter Parker and the most, like, identifiable, accessible Peter Parker I've ever seen. I'm like, oh, buddy, oh, buddy, I feel you so hard with all of these, like, surrounded by all these young people who are better at their job than you are. (laughs) You're so tired from having to do everything yourself, like, having to have several jobs. Like, I loved it. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I will definitely be watching it. We'll probably talk about it a little more after I watch it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, maybe do an in-depth um, after whenever it comes out because it is hard for me to get to the theaters these days. <laughs> Turns out. Um, yep. Who knew? And then... Um, and then speaking <laughs> of Spider-Man... I have some news, which you've probably yes. seen on Twitter. So uh, back in October, I got kind of a funny email that was like, hey, 
you might you might get an email soon from these like Marvel press people. And I thought it meant like for an interview, like for like a press. Like Marvel press is in like Marvel, like like Marvel's publicity. Department. Right. Like pre- like a press opportunity. Like, do you want to come interview this person? And I was like, OK, cool, whatever. And then the next email I get is from an editor at Disney Marvel press asking if I would be interested in writing a book tied in to Spider-Man Far From Home. And I was like, ah! Yeah, that's, yep. Basically. <laughs> and I mean, I, would anybody expect any different? Nope. <laughs> uh, and so I sent over some samples, including things that are the same size as Tom Holland and various other ridiculous Spider-Man Basically her, um, her, her Tumblr shit posting all over the web. <laughs> yep. And that she gets paid for. My, like, Spider-Man shit posting got me this job. So what I can say, because it's Marvel and I signed 8 million NDAs and I feel like they have a guard watching my house to make sure I don't say anything, uh, is that it is kidlit, obviously, because you know me, and it is from Peter and Ned's perspectives and it is tied in to Far From Home. That is all I'm allowed to say about the book itself, but I can tell you that it was super fun writing it and I am really excited about all the like silly things I was able to do. So, ah. And as you can talk about it more, we'll talk about it more and let you know when it's available for pre-order because I know all of you will want to pre-order it. Obviously. Pre-order. Um. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that was pretty bad. <laughs> We're the worst. Sorry. I know. We're terrible. <laughs> uh, I, we have, like, so much of this this dumb, like, <laughs> stuff to catch up on. Um, no, but that's uh, it's that's so exciting. And um, I was going to say something and now I forgot. But It's, it's like a, a dream come true. I get to Yeah, it Peter is. Parker. Like, you're, you're writing Peter. You're like, you're writing Peter Parker. Oh, I was going to say, um, because I am Preeti's official publicist, she was on the Women of Marvel podcast. <laughs> right, yes. I was. <laughs> and talked about, like, I don't know, talked about diversity and, like, some issues in comics and stuff like that. Um, so you should check out that episode of that podcast. Yeah, we'll link to it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, and that's when she first. got to announce that she's writing the book. Yes! So. That was a bananas experience. But, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Obviously, listen to us first, and then you can go yes. listen to that. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so... We have not talked about Star Wars Resistance really at all on this podcast. I think we talked about the first episode. Yeah. Because I think our last episode was like a week before the pilot aired. So we had both seen the first episode, but we couldn't really talk about it because Mm -hmm. we're going to get into spoilers. So um, we have been recapping that show over at Sci-Fi Fangirls. So if you want to, you know, if you've been watching it and you didn't know, like, yeah, we've been recapping it every week. Um. It's, um, same thing, I think, same things that we said before. The animation is amazing. Voice acting is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's taken, I feel like, a little while for it to come into its own, but I yeah. feel like it really has at this, it's it's gotten, we had a lot of questions, and to some extent I still have some questions about oh, sure. who is it aimed at. Yes. Like, what age range? Because yep. it's a, it's animated show on the Disney Channel, but it airs at, like, 10 p.m., I think, or something. Um, like who is it aimed at? What is it? But it's really starting to pay off, um, and I'm really enjoying it. And I yeah, think you're too. I'm enjoying it. I I have the same some of the same reservations in terms of like I'm waiting for. 
I feel like we're it's it's like every first season of a Star Wars animated series, right? Where you're yeah. like, this is silly, it's funny. I don't really understand the impact on like the Star Wars universe as a whole. Yeah. I feel you like assume it's coming. It's coming. I feel like the second season is gonna mess us up. I think it's gonna like be like, surprise, actually, here's a lot of emotion and drama, and you're going to be like, yeah. why am I crying? How did this happen? Yes. So, but I, I love all the characters. I'm looking forward to getting more from the characters mm-hmm. and seeing, basically seeing more of the characters interact with the world as a whole and not just in their isolated little base or whatever. Um, um, one complaint we both have is they have an amazing female voice cast that doesn't get used quite enough. Yes. Um, I would love to see the women on the show do more i agree um that's it like i feel like we almost stopped mentioning at this point just because it's like we're like a broken record because like you can do more with these characters please do more with them mm-hmm. um that being said it's a very awesome cast of color um pretty much all of the like i feel like elijah wood is the only non i know and although he is the one that we're always like elijah wood was on this episode yeah, i know <laughs> We are in that voice, <laughs> like absolutely. Uh, but yeah, they, I feel like Star Wars is making a real effort. Like Kathleen Kennedy at all are making a real effort in terms of casting diversely. Although we do obviously always need more live action women of color because we have uh, pretty yeah. much yet to see any who survive past. I think that's just a recurring problem in Star Wars. Like yep. um, people of color, like people. Men of color are very well represented. Women of color are not. Right. And we need more. We need to. We, we need, we need to do more. better. Like, yeah. I mean, because okay, there's so much Star Wars at this point. It's starting the excuse that like it's just the excuses are starting to get old. Yeah. Because there is so much Star Wars and it's constantly like. It's like you, you know, can be it's... animated. You can be in the comics. You can be you know in all these other places, but. You sorry, there's no space in the live action films yet, and you're like, come on, like it's yep. it's old. Yeah, um, it is. There was a very big, exciting announcement oh, though in God. terms of live I, action. I, I lost my ah! shit. I'm not there, there is going to be a live action Cassian Andor series, and Diego Luna is going to star in it. And oh my God, like I lost when Preeti sent me this because I think it was like just a couple of weeks after like Dev was born and uh, my my kid is was born, and like I just was in this like haze of tiredness and spit up and poop and like you know I was just like and then like Preeti texts this to me and I'm like oh I, I was just like oh my god <laughs> and then our, I like well I lost it and then our editor Cher was like yes you two can recap it without yes! even having to ask we were like yes we're gonna recap this show for sure <laughs> So, um, our sci-fi, our sci-fi fangirls editor was, yeah, but like, just, yes, I am so excited. I love Diego Luna so much. Uh, I love that role for him so much. It was so good. I do hope he gets to touch Java. Yeah, he'll get to touch, he'll get to touch Java. I bet. I want, you know what I want is I want a meeting between Cassie and Andor and Leia. Like, I just want yes. it so badly. Yes. And like, I don't know how they can make it happen, but cast like Millie Bobby Brown or whatever as young, young princess leia like just that would be a good casting i know right she wants uh-huh. it you know she wants it 
So like, just do it and put them in the room together so they can have a really like angst filled conversation. Yeah. I would really like them to recast it. Not an old Leia, like not an older Leia, not like general no. Leia, but for like young Leia. Yeah. Um, so they can do more live action stuff without like, you can always like CGI. not include her, but it's weird a it's little weird. bit. Yeah. You know, to not have her there, like, even, like, just the back of her head. You don't have to show her face. Yes. I don't know. Uh, but, yes, anyway, um, I'm, we're very excited about the series. I'm just generally excited about this new, honestly, I'm, I, I you know, I'm, like, loathing the idea of another streaming service. But the shows they're developing for it sound sounds so good. cool. Like, there's, like, a Loki series mm-hmm. in development, supposedly, a Lady Sith series, um, just like uh, the stuff they're developing sounds really good. And the Mandalorian, which is the John Favreau show, which yeah. I was previously wholly uninterested in. Um, now I guess they're going to have a bunch of different directors, including like Taika Waititi and yeah. like, um, directors of color and some women. Like I, I'm more interested now, put it that way. I know they're sucking us in with all these like stupid streaming yeah, services and it's so annoying. Yeah. And speaking of stupid streaming services, <laughs> Star Trek Discovery is <laughs> That was a really good segue. <laughs> um, yeah, Star Trek Discovery is back for season two. There's actually a lot of Star Trek news to talk about, so I'll go over it quickly. So first, let's talk about um, the Captain Picard show, which I believe we talked about on the last episode, mm-hmm. um, and why I'm so excited for it. So that is supposed to premiere sometime, they said later in 2019, like late 2019, um, or if they can't get it together early 2020, but uh, it should be this year. Um, so I'm super excited for that. We don't know much about that show beyond um, it's set after the events of um, it's set after Star Trek Nemesis. And after we I think we recently learned it's after the destruction of Romulus. So which we learned about from the Abrams movie um, before it's in the primary like tv universe timeline um it's not in the jj abrams universe time like the the new movies timeline but we learned that yeah it's complicated time travel anyway <laughs> when Spock tried to prevent the destruction of romulus he was in the prime timeline and then he traveled back in time and then was in the kelvin timeline so this takes place in the prime timeline anyway but that event still occurs apparently anyway um i feel like i just talk like a nerd i love yes i know okay so then there's another series in production called lower decks which is going to be an animated series about basically people like animated series about like basically like an upstairs downstairs like the ensigns and lieutenants who are not the bridge crew and are not on the flagship and it just seems like like a workplace animated comedy has has star trek ever done animated series before yeah so there is one star trek animated series after the original series but it it did not it was not oh that's that like i remember that's but that's like old 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 yeah it's old old so we've never done like a like in since like the 70s basically have never done one so um i'm really excited to see that um and the guy behind it is, like, one of the writers for Rick and Morty, which I was like, uh, because that's not really our thing. But he has done some really funny Star Trek stuff. Um, so he he's a big fan of Star Trek, and he gets it. So I think um, I, I'm optimistic. And then I think there's, like, an, a kid's... I missed the news about this a little bit, but I think there's a kid's animated series in production as well. 
Um, and then they just announced like this week or last week that they're going to do an official spinoff of Discovery. Um, yeah. Michelle Young is going to be a um, get her own show. So uh, basically at the end of Star Trek Discovery season one, which I feel like spoiler alert, uh, but I mean, honestly, like, this is public news at this point. So, um, so her character joins Section 31, which is a, um, like, it's a, uh, so if you're not familiar with Star Trek, it's basically like the, it's like a shadow organization that operates within the Federation and within Starfleet and is like, it's like a secret covert ops organization and they, like, assassinate people and do all kinds of, like, shady things. So she is, it's going to be about her in section 31, but Michelle Yeoh is also guest starring in seasons two and three of Discovery, Ooh. which was news to us because season three, like the show has not been officially renewed for season three, but one of the writers said that she's going to be in season three of Discovery. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Okay. So all that, and I will just say that means that Star Trek, okay, had listen up Star Wars, Star Trek is going to have two shows led by women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just let yeah let's let's, let's do better. <laughs> um, Star Wars, but okay. So back to Discovery season two. Um, the premiere was last Thursday. It was incredible. Um, I think I haven't seen really anything negative about it. Um, I absolutely loved it. I thought it. Um, it's I think it's what a lot of people wanted from season one, but the stakes were really high in season. Like the stakes are still high, but they're not like oh my god, if we screw this up, the galaxy, you know, we're there's a war with the Klingons, the galaxy is at stake. It's it felt more like you know, it, it was just there was a lot more focus on like the characters and their they felt like a family and it's just it's a lot it was really nice the tone was really nice um Anson Mount was amazing as Captain Pike and he is everyone's handsome dad and I <laughs> loved him so much it was so good Tig Notaro was on the episode Ooh. she was so good um I really hope they bring her back because she was amazing um but all in all it was just funnier it was a little lighter but still like it balanced the action, um, the really cool action scenes with, like, those character moments really well, which this first season sometimes had trouble with. It um, emphasized the action and sometimes forgot to mm-hmm. have those quieter character moments. So this season seems to be balancing them much better. Um, so it was a lot of talking, but I loved that episode. <laughs> I think this season going to be great, so... I know. I feel like now that I have some time, maybe I'll finally actually finish Discovery Season 1. Yeah. Because it's hard when I'm like, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a Star Trek fan to the level that you are, obviously. But I also really love seeing how excited you get about the show. And it makes me want to be a part of it. <laughs> I love it so much. I just love, like, the number of the, the like the the number of people of color on this show mm-hmm. is incredible. If there's a background character, 75-25 chance even that it's a person of color, mm-hmm. woman, you know, woman of color, like or like it's and there's like so many women of color, like it's just the like it's just it's such an inclusive show. Like it just, um, I mean, and like that's not like. Um, it's not just that it's an inclusive show. Like, obviously, it's a great show. Like, the story, everything about it is great. But, like, those little details really make you feel included. They make you feel like you're part of the storytelling. And, like, you could be a part of the story. Like, it's just, it's nice. It's I'm really glad nice. that I'm raising, 
I'm glad I'm raising like a child because like Star Trek has always been about inclusion, but it's never the, the definition of inclusion has um, changed over the years quite a bit. And mm-hmm. Star Trek has always been ahead of the fold. But, you know, it's nice to know that I'm raising a child that will like watch that kids animated show prop probably and be able to see himself you know like it's it's nice, nice. like it's it's nice i like it it's made me happy <laughs> okay okay anyway enough about star trek um so have we talked about patriot act i at can't all? remember i don't think so because when did it launch so patriot act is a show on netflix um that is hosted by hassan minaj and um it's I think the first sort of late night style show hosted by a South Asian American person. I think person. so. Yeah. Um, and it's like it's it's so smart. So I saw Hassan right before the show launched at Carnegie Hall in in New York, and it was an amazing experience because you know he kind of. As with Home Homecoming King, Homecoming King, mm. yeah, Homecoming. right, yeah, Homecoming King, mm-hmm. uh, which we discussed on the podcast last year, he walks this line of having his Indian American um, viewers and and fans uh, in on the joke, but also like being accessible enough by all audiences that you feel uh-huh. so good watching him and his show at Carnegie Hall was very much in line with that. Um, And it was interesting watching someone from within our community discuss things that actually impact our community in a really intense and meaningful way. So Patriot Act is interesting because it's not your standard late night show, right? It's like every episode tackles a specific topic Mm -hmm. and uses primary sources and secondary sources to discuss that topic, whether it's um, college acceptance, like affirmative, rates, affirmative action, Saudi like, Arabia, you know, like... all of these things, and it was—it's so—it's so I think inspirational to see someone be able to be that person. And I think um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the topics he picks are topics affecting South Asian Americans. I, I think generally. It's, it's topics that impact marginalized people yes i would say Um, because um yeah like uh, and like some of it is like tangential like he does one episode on like supreme i think it is which is like a brain but like it's in a like it's like south asian people love like buying stuff brand name stuff like it's not always like it's not always it's not always, like, immediately obvious, the connection, but there is always a connection. I mean, I think it's like, similar to the way we do our show, which is everything is from, through the lens of our background, which is right. of South Asian American women. And it's similar in that way. Everything is through the lens of his background of being a Muslim South Asian American man. Which doesn't happen. Ever. Like, ever. So it's really interesting to tune in and see a show that's for us. Yes. So please watch it because it is really yeah, smart Yeah, please. It's and really good. I think it just came back. Mm-hmm. Um, they, he did like six or eight episodes and then now it's like a new one has just gone up in the last few days and it's, yeah. um, I haven't watched it yet, but I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really liking it. He's smart. Um, he's funny the way, especially if you are South Asian, like he has at least like 
two or three in jokes in every episode that he sometimes doesn't even explain, uh, but that you'll get. And it's, it's just nice. It's nice to have that sense of community. Um, mm-hmm. I really like it. I'm enjoying it. And my husband, who is not Indian, um, also enjoys it. So it's for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. So okay, we, so and one, then our last piece of news, I think. Yeah, one last of piece of it. So this um, trailer dropped a, a couple months ago, but I'm really excited about it. Uh, yeah, I had not even heard about it until Preeti told me to watch it. Because it's not. I mean, it's yeah. Uh, it's a show called Miracle Workers, and it's premiering on TBS in February. And you know, it's got Steve Buscemi, it's got Daniel Radcliffe, but also it has two lead South Asian actors, um, Karen Soni and Geraldine Viswanathan. Viswanathan, sorry. Um, she's, she's new. South Indian! Yeah, thank you. I'm like, North Indian doesn't know how to say anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're not, they don't appear from the like trailer to be related, which, which is, is exciting. a huge deal. Um, but the basic premise is that Steve Buscemi is playing God, which is a wonderful role for someone like Steve Buscemi. And he's just kind of over it. He's kind of, it seems like he's kind of like, like I'm tired and bored and like having some sort of existential crisis. Uh, And Daniel Radcliffe plays an angel who is in charge of fulfilling daily prayers. And he is the only one dealing with these billions of prayers coming in. And then um, it seems like the premise is him trying to rally angels up to better serve humans on earth and god kind of being like but i'm over earth like let's start over um it looks really funny looks yeah it looks really funny it's a and it's a limited series too it appears so so you don't have to like invest for years yep (laughs) i'm here for a limited series anyway it looks really i I don't know it looks really fun we'll put a link to the trailer in the show notes because like i like Preeti was like, oh, watch this trailer when we were, like, prepping for this episode. And I was like, I've not even heard of this. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, it looks good. They're not doing a ton of promo, which is interesting because it's not like Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi are nobodies, you know? It's, yeah. It looks like... I feel like Daniel Radcliffe doing anything is big news. Right. Like, he's he's freaking Harry Potter, man. Like, yeah, I know. Like, but he's, yeah. he's... I quite like him even in his roles outside of the Harry Potter franchise because I think he's really... He has a good eye for interesting material is yeah, what and his he's, career has shown me. And he doesn't have to do... He doesn't... Like, he probably made enough off the Harry Potter movies to where he's set. Oh, for sure. And so I, <laughs> I imagine he only takes stuff that is in, he only does stuff that's interesting to him. Yeah. And so this one, and, and it seems like Gud and Sony and Geraldine both play um, fellow angels. What else has Karen Sony been in? Deadpool. He's named- yes. Yeah. He's the cab driver in Deadpool. Yeah. 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 I was like, that name sounds so familiar. Um, but yeah, so that, that's, I'm, I'm excited to see what that show ends up looking like. Yeah. Now for the crux of the episode, which I'm so I know. excited so about. Now we only have one big thing to discuss this episode, um, 45 minutes in, um, <laughs> um, and that uh-huh. is the, okay, so you've heard Preeti talk about, you know, we're both like fans of King Arthur and like the King Arthur legend, probably if you've listened to the show and you've heard Preeti talk about. Um, how much she loves the show Merlin and wants me to watch. Okay, so, like, sh- like I'm, like, home from the hospital, and I was in really bad shape um, for the first couple of weeks after I gave birth. Like, it was, like, physically, like, there was uh, there was complications. It was hard. I was in really bad shape. And so, like, literally, like, I was just, like, it was, like, 
two days after I got home from the hospital, I'm like sitting on the couch and I'm like, just like, I no, I, I was just like staring into space. So like Ryan walks over um, and he like turns on the TV and he like, oh, flat, um, like brings up my Netflix account because like, I'm just like, I've been like staring into space for like 45 minutes. Like just like, I have no energy to even like turn on the TV. And so he like flips to like the recommended for you through the recommended for you section on Netflix. He's like, this sounds like something you'd want to watch. And like hit clicks on Merlin. Yes. And so like, I, this was not even like a choice I made. Ryan was like, all right, this sounds like you. Let's like, I'm it was fate. It really was. And then I, I was so, like, I was like, fine. Like I was like, whatever. And so like, I just like watched the first episode and then it, I don't have the energy to like, like pause it, so it just it rolls into the second episode, <laughs> it rolls into the third. I think I watched the entire thing in like two weeks. Like it was so fast. Um, I watched the entire well, I watched the entire series, um, and and after a while, it was not just inertia that carried along. Like it was really really good. And then um, I stopped like midway through the fifth season because it's only five seasons, and I have this thing I do with thing with like any property I love. Like I will stop right before the end. Because I don't want it to end. So it's like, as long as I don't watch the ending, I can imagine whatever ending I want for them. And like, there's always <laughs> uh, a little more to watch. So I don't do it. But then Preeti was like, no, you have to watch. So I, you have to finish it so we can talk about it. So I finished it like Friday. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So if you haven't seen the show, Preeti. So, so the show is this, it was BBC, uh, I believe, right? BBC? And it basically takes the legend of Arthur and remixes it a little bit. So your perspective, your your point of uh, entry into the show is Merlin, played by Colin Morgan, as a young man who goes to Camelot, which is currently under um, uh, is is currently being led by Uther, whose son is Arthur, and Uther has outlawed magic, and Merlin mm-hmm. is magic. And so it's kind of he becomes through a series of events Arthur's servant and it is at the beginning this kind of like silly fun bumbling thing where it's like oh Merlin's doing magic to fix things but can't let Uther find out. Um, But very quickly becomes like this drama with intrigue and romance and, and one of the best like relationships between two male characters i think in anything like agreed like mm-hmm. um the all of the characters are you know so it's um morgana guinevere uther arthur merlin uh a dragon voiced by john hurt <laughs> like yep. gaius gaius who's um, merlin he knows merlin is magic and is like protecting merlin he's like the king's physician mm-hmm so it's it's got a lot going for it and and like I said like at the start you're kind of pulled in by the silliness and the fun of it all with with Colin Morgan is just a joy to watch as Merlin um and his friendship with Arthur is just so compelling and sweet and it you is. want them to you see how deeply they begin to care for one another as the series goes on and then yeah. Arthur's relationship with Guinevere oh my heart I love it so much. It's so well, Morgana fun. kind of goes in her own direction, and she starts out as this sweet, like you know, kind of princess who's been raised as the king's ward and being raised raised as like 
uh, in, in the palace. Um, mm-hmm. Alongside and Arthur. Alongside Arthur. And then she kind of, not to like get too spoilery. So we'll, we'll do a spoiler, like a spoiler alert, but like, um, she kind of goes along his darker path, basically, yes. because she finds out she has magic, um, and then, which is a thing that you're pretty much aware of the whole time, but it yeah. takes her a long time to find out, um, and then she kind of just goes on the darker, she finds out that, um, some secrets and stuff, and, like, just gets, like, super twisted, and so, um, if you haven't watched it, probably should stop there and just skip to the end, um, and... If you have watched it, you should keep listening because <laughs> we're going to get some, into some spoilers. Okay, who, so. Who was your favorite? I think it has to be Merlin. Right? I just, I love him. I think it has to be, like, Colin Morgan was so good. And he's so, like, when he would be Emrys, which if mm. you haven't watched a show and you just, are um, listening anyway because you don't really care about spoilers. Emerus was um, basically whenever Merlin needed to do magic in disguise in front of Arthur, he would transform himself into an old man um, <laughs> named Emerus. And Emerus is also like Merlin's druid name. Mm-hmm. But um, and when he was Emerus and he was like super bitter and like making like Arthur carry him around, <laughs> like I was. Like, die laughing because he's like i bet you treat your servants terribly like oh <laughs> my god it was so good <laughs> i know and there's such like a, a you see the character who is so at odds with him himself where he's like i should be able to be proud of my magic but you also see him being like but no i need to help arthur become the king that i know he's supposed to be so like Merlin does have this prophecy that's telling him he's supposed to, but like he doesn't do what he's doing because of a prophecy. Right. He does what he's doing because he believes in Arthur. Mm-hmm. And that is so refreshing. I think the thing about this show that I found refreshing is there's no cynicism. It's right. so earnest. Yes. The show as a whole is so earnest. And um, there's really no cynicism except in Morgana, which I feel like I don't even know how to talk about what happens with her character because, like, I don't know what to think, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I think she's done a real disservice in terms, like, not the show does her a disservice necessarily. It might. I haven't, like, clearly haven't. But, like, just the way her, you know she's going to be, if you know anything about the Arthur legend, you know she's going to be a bad person. Like, yeah. Because Morgana ever she morgan is usually the villain um but like i honestly don't know like what did you think about uh, it's her hard because kind of katie mcgrath is such, so good so good such a joy to watch and you love you love morgana at the beginning and you know that it's so tragic because you know that there's one way that this can go and one route for her to take even though you desperately want her to be more than that and to be different than than what she becomes and it's hard because you know i think that the show does what like what it can within the constructs of the mythology with the characters that it has right they give guinevere guinevere a lot more to do she's Mm -hmm. not just this like passive queen she is a true character she's played by um a black woman angel colby and it's She's just, they gave them more. But to that end, then Morgana has to be given more and she becomes 
the bad guy and that's hard to it's hard to watch that fall yeah it is um because you like her so much and you remember and she just goes cold inside like Mm -hmm. that's the only way like i can really describe it like she like hardens her heart to these people who are her friends and her um you know the people who cared about her and who did wrong like there's a lot okay this show there's a lot of don't tell her the truth for yes yes and And that's so it backfires which is good like yeah, it's good. It like should. it backfires because if they had just told her the truth, things might have turned out differently. Like it's super weird because I'm not sure that because like at the beginning of the show, um, it seems like there's like Uther is setting Arthur and Morgana. Like Morgana is his ward and he's caring for her after the death of her father. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he wants Morgana and Arthur to marry, and that's the idea. And then you find out like. Psh- two seasons in that she's actually Uther's daughter. Yeah. And you're like, what? But yeah, you're like, what? And then she finds out and she's pissed, understandably. But like, also like with the magic, they don't, don't tell her she has magic for her own good. Um, quote unquote. And like, it's these people make these terrible decisions and create their own destruction. Mm-hmm. Like, but, and the really frustrating part is that it's the old people. Like, it's like Uther and Gaius were making these decisions, and it's their children and, you know, the younger generation that has to deal with the consequences of their children. Sounds familiar. I know, right? (laughs) Like, it's Uther and Gaius, and it it, it is. Like, because, like, Arthur doesn't become the king until, what, season four? The third and fourth season, right? Yeah, I think season four. And that's, I think, the one complaint I have. I wish, because, like, I wish we had had more of him as time was with him as king mm-hmm. it's um true. that and because also guinevere once they marry doesn't have a lot to do yeah because the show is, mo- is clearly moving towards a finale i have a feeling probably in season four they knew it was going to wrap up by the end of season five because that's when this like march starts happening well, there's yeah. not really any more standalone episodes and like it just like starts the like super like narrative storytelling it's and just been, it's been a long time because the show ended in 2012 and i'm trying to remember now what though i feel like it was canceled in a way that like people want not enough people were watching it and so mm-hmm. they could have done like four more series in terms of story but then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they had one season to like wrap yeah. everything up and that and because like one of your kind of disappeared like she's there like the character the actress is there but like in terms of like being this force of nature which she is in the first four seasons mm-hmm. um she kind of just disappears into the background and like because it's... they have to focus on morgana arthur and and merlin um do you want to talk about the end god i don't think i can (laughs) i just remember like ugly crying like like, you know i knew from the moment i fired up this or brian fired up this show for me that i knew i was gonna end because i know how the arthur legend ends Mm -hmm. like and like they make it very clear from the beginning the dragon prophesizes to merlin that mordred will kill arthur at camelon you know like that is how it's gonna end and like yet still like you are like the whole even that whole like final two episodes i'm trying to figure out like how can they just be happy yeah like how can they end there's no i was i just kept telling myself there's no way they can kill off arthur so how can they get around like you see they're gonna kill him and bring him back to life are they gonna you know how can they navigate this without 
killing Arthur, and they don't, is the answer. They don't. They nice. kill him, and it's the saddest thing ever. Like, because, like, the whole, like, the first episode is, like, Merlin saving the day, basically, figuring out how to save the day and saving the day. And then the whole second episode is Merlin trying to save Arthur after he receives this fatal wound. Ugh. So, like, the whole episode is about, like, you're like, okay, but he's going to be okay, but he's going to, and no. Nope, he's not going to be okay. Because that's devastating. It's so sad, but it's so good. It is so good, but it's, it's devastating. Like, this, it's some of the best serial, like, it's some of the best storytelling. Like, it's just, the show has really good storytelling. Like, yeah. I wish, like, I do have some wishes. Like, you can tell there wasn't a woman on the writing staff. Yeah. Because they do, like, just. Some silly, silly things that you're like, come on, just. Yeah. And like with Morgana, like they could have, like, I, I think regardless of whether there had been women on the writing staff or not, she would have had a down, like she would have, the character had to have this downfall. Right. But like it could have been done in a more compassionate way, yes, I think. I agree. She just turns to pure evil at the end. And like, I think they could have made her more nuanced. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, and like like I said, Guinevere kind of just fading into the background and the services storytelling. And like Guinevere like is paired up with a bunch of different dudes over the like and just like randomly. I know. Like, like... it's just kind of like, wait, they had a ro- did they have a romance? I, just, I mean on what? the upside though, one of those dudes is Santiago Cabrera, right? Oh my god. <laughs> I texted him, I was like, you did not tell me Santiago Cabrera was like that's I maybe the, I was gonna like, get to baby Santiago that's the Cabrera. The reason I know who he is is because of Merlin, not because of him being the heroin addicted artist on heroes. It's because of oh Merlin god. when he's so good oh my god he is the heroin addicted artist on heroes yeah oh i i first like it was like the musketeers which oh, yeah, the bbc yeah, yeah, show yeah. um but <laughs> oh anyway i i loved this show like i uh, to- i'm totally because like i don't know that it would i mean i would have watched it eventually but i'm really bad at starting new things mm-hmm. especially like hour-long dramas um but you know it's five seasons it's only 13 episodes a season it's not like 22 episodes a season so it's actually really it's a really quick show to watch like i watched most of it really really fast um it was kind of the perfect show to watch like while i was you know recovering from like childbirth and oh my (laughs) god it was just it was i was in a bad bad way and this show was like it was like healing in a way like it was really nice to like it felt good. It made me feel good Because there's a, there's a lot of lightness and campiness to it, which is what makes... Like you said, it's like very earnest, good fun. And it's a lot of humor. Like, they're just the relationship... These characters care for and love each other so much, even though they, even if they don't want to admit it. Like, Arthur, like, constantly just talks about how... Oh my god, there's a, there's a scene at the end where... Um, like, Car- Arthur, over the course of the show, like, Merlin pretends to be this... I mean, he is in some ways this bumbling idiot, but he yeah. is smarter than you know like but arthur knows he's smarter yeah, yes but just calls him a bumbling idiot anyway and like it's just very affectionate and like he's like oh you're like you're, like merlin will constantly be saying arthur's life you know with magic and arthur doesn't know and he's like oh you're such a coward and like just constantly making fun of him for that and then there's this line i texted pretty about it in the like last episode where he's like you know I never thought you were actually thought you were a coward. I always thought you were the bravest man I knew. Oh! I was like, oh! Oh! I have goosebumps. 
know. It was just like, and just the way it was like Bradley James. Yeah, right? Bradley, I think James. Bradley James plays Arthur. And just the way he says it, like it's with such like sadness, but affect- such affection. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so, so sad. So sad. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, so that was Merlin. Go, if you haven't watched it, watch it. Um, If you have, like, let us know if you agree or if you don't. Yep. Okay, so let's start wrapping up. So what do you love right now? Oh, my God, Steven Universe. I have watched, like, 65 episodes in the last week and a half or something. Yeah, so I I put off watching the show. I don't know why. I think I gave it a shot like a couple years ago and just couldn't get into the first few episodes. But everyone, like my sister, my like friends, were always like, no, you will love the show because I love Adventure Time. I love these cartoons that hide behind absurdity but then hit you with meaning and depth. And that's exactly what Steven Universe is. I think even more so than Adventure Time which I, which is one of my favorite shows, like, period. It's ostensibly about, you know, a group of crystal gems, one of whom, Stephen, is a child, but he's half gem, half human. And it's about love and friendship and recognizing that sometimes you get sad and in the midst of all of this having to save the world. But it's really about those relationships between the characters and the humanity and what it means to be a person. And it's... Like, there's a moment where one of the characters is talking about, basically, she's like, I'm not good enough. I've never been good enough. And you're like, this is a children's show. But it's teaching kids, I think, that it's okay to be sad sometimes. And it's okay to feel these ways. Yeah, like, feel this way. And, like, there's no magic fix for it. And that's so important. Yeah, that's sweet. I, I mean, I've heard such such amazing like people love this show, and I've heard such amazing things. Yeah, and I'm I'm so sad it took me so long to get into it, but now I'm really, I'm also kind of glad because it means I can just go through and watch all of it and not have yeah. to wait as I yeah. did with other shows. So yeah, it's on it's streaming on Hulu. Uh, the first four seasons are at least. I'm I think there's a fifth season which I'm mad about because now I'm gonna have to figure out how to watch it without you know or just wait until it comes onto Hulu. Um, but it's really good and I'm really, really enjoying all of it. And also there's a, um, Daisy family who's one of the main characters, which is really cool. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think they're South Indian actually. No. Oh. I think, but we'll see. I'll, I'll ask um, you after and you can tell me. <laughs> and speaking of me not knowing that there were Indian characters on shows. <laughs> I, the thing I love right now is New Girl, yes! which you've heard Preeti, like, talk to me about the show on uh, this podcast, like, over and over again, because she's like, you know, Hannah Simone plays this Indian character, and she's so authentically done, like, her Indianness is so authentic. And it really, okay, so I'm only, like, halfway through the first season. I really like the show. Um, I, I, I'm really enjoying this show. Like, Zoe... Deschanel. I I was like, I don't know that I've ever said her last name out loud. (laughs) Um, She irritates me in real life a little bit, like the manic pixie a little bit. They downplay that a lot in the show. She's a really big nerd. Yes. And it's really fun. Like the way they portray her in the show is really like the kind of like cutesy, quirky, like she's still cutesy and quirky, but like they play up the nerd. And the awkwardness. yeah, the, and the awkwardness. And so I, re- I actually really, she doesn't irritate me on the show. 
Um, and uh, Hannah Simone, like, it's just the the friendship between them. Like I said, I'm only like halfway through the first season, so I've got a long way to go in terms of developing um, CC, um, who's Hannah Simone's character. But I love like when she's like, like we all Indian people who didn't have a lot of Indian friends growing up, which I did have a lot of really good Indian friends growing up. But like, you still you have that white friend who comes with you to all like your family. Yes. Like and do like I had that like and so like 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 Zoe like what's her name in the show? Jess. Uh, Jess, yeah. Jess is that to Cece, and so like she'll be like, oh yeah, like there's this one scene where she's like, Uncle Pradeep, like, (laughs) and like I'm like, yes, my like I have that friend who I brought to all like like my family and all like the temple stuff and stuff like my white friend that I dressed up in Indian clothes and like. Like, we all had that. Like, or maybe not everyone, but I had that. And that that's very familiar. And so it's just really fun to see that dynamic. <laughs> I'm so really, I'm really enjoying it. I, I'm, and just the show in general is a lot of fun. The characters are really, like, the characters are really fun. Like, I don't know. I really, I just, I'm kind of like, where has this show been all my life? And it's been there because Preeti's been biting me to watch it for like two years. <laughs> Um, so I feel like really dumb saying that, but no, there's not enough time. <laughs> I know it is. I needed a 30 minute comment. Basically I had done a parks and rec watch and I needed another 30 minute comedy to like, just have, have that. yeah. And so, and I liked that. I, I was like, I'm ready. Cause like it's done. And so it's not like I, it's picking up another show. Mm-hmm. So, but Okay. So we are part of the Hard Knock Live Podcast Network. You can find all the podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. Today we want to shout out We're Not All Ninjas. You can check out their latest bonus episode, an interview with Aquaman director James Wan, over at hardknockmedia.com. Yes. Um, our Patreon subscribers, you thank you to those of you who did not, like, I do not, would not have blamed you for abandoning us during no. our hiatus at all. Um, but I'm really touched that, so many of you stuck with us when we weren't producing content. That means a lot. Um, so thank you to Fazia and Meredith Smith at the $10 level and Jerome, Sylvia, Martha, Brandy, Rahul, Jordan, Annie, Megan, Claire, Brian, Robert, Maya, and the Knott family at the $5 level. You can find us on Twitter at Desi Geek Girls and I am at Run With Skizzers. And I am at S. Krishna. Uh, as always, please rate the show. We think it helps people find us. You can rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to us. Uh, and until next time, we'll, we'll see, see you in hell. hell. <laughs>